Hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a Vampire the Masquerade horror and tabletop podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and today I've got the Lorebot. James. And we're actually doing something very special today. Uh, we have Brian Collin from Vast Grim here to talk to us about his system today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you letting me be a part of the show. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. Um, it's a really cool game. Uh, I know James was super excited about it when the first uh, I was gonna say Kickstarter, but the first oh, yeah. um, when the first book rolled out, and he was talking to me about it. it seems like a really cool book. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Full disclosure, I have backed the heck out of this. So, like, let's be real. Let's be honest about. <laughs> well, we thank are. you. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, your game, as I said, is Vast Grim. Um, it's a uh, sci-fi horror game. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Absolutely. So, it's. Very rules light, so it's super easy to get into. Character generation is extremely fast, but the setting itself, um, it's it's built off the the Morkborg engine, but you don't need Morkborg to be able to play. But it has similar themes. Instead of a dying world, this is a dying universe. It's been like 663 years since the six who were like religious zealots went to this fable, fabled mausoleum of they. They each had a magical tribute with them, and when they used their magics together to unlock the doors. And when the doors opened, a giant gust of wind hit them, and they all became infected with a different parasite. And then they traveled around the universe, and as the parasites grew inside of them, they developed into worms. These worms then grew and infected other people, and now there's these six different worms all throughout the universe, some as big as, like, planet-eating, some that just take over the human body and turn those people into what's known as the Grim. And people are trying to fight back against the Grim and the worms, Um, Some people are just trying to survive, and other people believe that some scientists somewhere are making this fabled gate of infinite stars, and they're trying to find the pieces to that to try and get the hell out of this universe and into somewhere different. Awesome. I love that setup. So the players kind of take the role of crew members on these ships. And they're, what, what, do you, what are their main goals in like an adventure usually? Sure. So a lot of people go into it thinking it's going to be one, a one shot because we, we've really pitched this as like, it's, it's very brutal, very like end of times. Um, just like in Morkborg, at the beginning of every day, you roll to see if a, tor- see if a, a prophecy has occurred in our game that's called a torment. And if seven torments occur, then the universe is over. Like the Grim have won. It may not happen where you are, but somewhere in the universe it's occurred. Um, so in, in old times, in milit- in the military, groups of people would be known as legions. And now a legion is just any group of people that are trying to band together to survive. Some people are trying to go and salvage things, find things to buy and sell. Some are just trying to not, uh, not be found by the Grim. Uh, some adventures, people are trying to find pieces to this gate of infinite stars. So it just kind of depends. It's it's a very open-ended system. The setting itself, it's when Ross Brandt and I wrote the, the core book, we wanted to give enough pieces to allow everybody's gaming table experience to be different. And also with our own third-party license, allow anybody else to make content for it and expand upon it. So um, we wanted to make it, get the book out so people could start playing and make it just enough that everybody can add their own spin to it. You wanted to focus on accessibility and playability. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Makes sense. And uh, you mentioned that these legions are made of people, but they're not all humans. One of the things I saw that I really liked were the uh, emo bots. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and emo bots, oh, they, they just have all the feelings and they want to usually are kind of envious of, of the humans, but 
but unlike their human counterparts, they cannot be infected by the worms or the grim. I'm just hearing robot supremacy, just saying. <laughs> There's eight different classes. There's six of them. Pretty much everybody plays somebody terrible. No matter what you roll up, there's some really, you're pretty despicable at the end of the day. Nobody's really good. Um, a lot of times you'll start out and you'll have very, very few hit points. Um, it's But it's easy, like if you're playing campaign mode style, it's easy to level up and start to get a little stronger. Um, the mechanics for armor make it so that it soaks a lot of damage a lot of times. Um, but one of, the, one of my favorite things is the chance of getting infected by the worms. Say you come in contact with a creature, um, There's most creatures have a chance that they've been infected by the Grim Parasite. And you roll a number and say this, this monster has a one on a D6, a one in two chance of you being infected, especially if you're not wearing some sort of space helmet or something like that. Uh -huh. And you roll and then, then if you become infected, you have to make toughness tests each day to see how the worm interacts with your body, whether it uh -huh. gives you parasitic pain or whether it's working with your body and gives you a parasitic pleasure. And there's a chance that it can leave your body and, you know, just your body's not good for it. Or there's also a chance that it completely takes over and that character has to be given over to the GM and you've got to generate a new one real quick. Oh, that's yeah. fun. So infection could be deadly. It could be kind of a great thing, actually. It could just kind of go away or it could be uh end of your character. I like that. There's there's a lot that goes in a lot of directions. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like the fact that it's uh, it, it's much like vampire, and the fact that it's like most of you are probably not good, and it's the fact that you overcome that and try mm -hmm. and do good things or revel in the badness, whatever you guys feel like. I mean, that's it's better to start at a lower point and go high than already be shining examples of heroes and then just become better heroes. I mean, better yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, like better that. storytelling, I should say. Yeah, I mean, even if you're a cheating, stealing asshole at the end of the day, you probably still want to survive. So yeah, you probably yeah. like puppies. Yeah, yeah, unless they're <laughs> infected. Yeah, well, bingo. Uh, you mentioned there were uh, eight different classes. I know the one that I really liked was. Um, See, it was like the uh, bioscientist. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, uh, and one of the main things that's different about them, they start with like an inoculation gun and every day they roll for different concoctions that they make that can either affect themselves, other other members of their legion, or people they may be might be uh, might be adversaries in, in the adventure that they play in. Uh -huh. Yeah, and that's something I see as as third party content starts to become available because there's a handful of people that have started writing ad uh, adventures and things like that. I totally see that being something that's an easy one to build on, like the the Twisted Biochemist additional concoctions, lists, and tables that people would generate on their own to come up with other weird, goofy stuff to, to make it even more gonzo than it is. Yeah, that's I'm going, Hunter. I would say that's really cool. Uh, you mentioned that people are starting to make third-party stuff. Is there a uh, specific location that that uh, can be found? Like, is that on Itch or a lot of it? or So at, currently, everything that that has been put out, we've put on the Baskrim site under the third party, the Horde section, oh, um, cool. at least at least for now. Um, Ex Libris, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they did the, the Morkborg one. They've done Cyborg. They're doing a Mouse Ritter one. Um, they've, uh, and they're, they're doing one for Baskrim, but it hasn't been pushed live yet because there hasn't been a ton of third party content yet. But as it gets bigger, uh, that's already that's already in the works. And that'll be a way to catalog everything that anybody creates. Oh, yeah, I've really seen cool. I, I've seen a lot of like fan made stuff for Morkborg. I've seen a few mm -hmm. classes that I'm like, 
you could just put that in Vascram and it'd work perfectly fine. It oh, would, so it would work. Yeah. There's just a few of them that I'm like, no, nah, that one just looks like it would work here. <laughs> and the same thing, you can take Vascram and put it into Morkborg. I mean, the blasters and things like that might be a little odd, but you know, why wouldn't the planet where Morkborg is be a planet somewhere in the <laughs> in universe? That. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I think that happened in, I think it was one of the first D and D two E editions where a spaceship crashes on the planet and they're like oh this is a weird dungeon then you get inside and you're like why is there a laser gun in here yes so why that. not that could be even be a fun morkborg adventure you get off the planet and you find out things might be worse out there mm-hmm. the world's ending uh jokes on you motherfucker everything's ending <laughs> <laughs> it's all going down yeah. the planet's just a start yeah. So um, going into creating Vast Grim, uh, what were some of your inspirations? I mean, obviously, like Morkborg, it's based on that system, but. Right. So uh, that that was the big one. So my friend Ross, who, who co-wrote it and he co-designed it, um, he ran a Morkborg game for me and my Atlanta friends. And like right afterwards, I did one of the creatures that's in the book. I sculpted the Warhound, which up until that point, I'd mainly been doing like fantasy creatures that were mm-hmm. brighter colors, uh, a little more whimsical. And this one had big, nasty teeth and all these weird eyes and things. And when I did that, I was like, hey, Ross, you want to make a sci-fi game based on Morkborg? And so that's where it all started. But, you know, there's definitely inspiration from everything, especially like I think of things like like weird, cheesy B-ish movie sci-fi stuff like uh, like Slither to uh, one of our adventures is called I Want Your Skulls, which is a Misfits song like there's all sorts of like little nods to all the things that i grew up on and things that i would have enjoyed as a middle or high schooler that's awesome yeah yeah that's awesome i also uh grew up listening to a lot of punk rock music and stuff i could definitely caught some of that in the names and the mm-hmm. uh especially the art the art is really cool it goes along with the uh mork bork vibe but i feel like it definitely stands out on its own yeah well, thank I, you um... I also vastly enjoy a good uh, cheesy or good sci-fi horror movie. They're always they're always a great bit. I love when I find one that I haven't seen before. Fantastic, yeah. So we've uh, one of the, uh, over the holidays. My my daughter is about to turn nine, and her current favorite movie is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, <laughs> so you you may see some references to that in one of the books in the upcoming Kickstarter. Yes. So they may be a, a faction of uh, of space raiders or s- space pirates, essentially. <laughs> That's I, I am here for that, and I am so glad. Um, I'm excited. Did you see the uh, Killer Clowns game they've got coming out soon? Mm-hmm. Yes, my yep. my son is like following the updates regularly, and like keeps uh, letting me know about everything that's been going on with it. <laughs> yes, always good to hear. Also, funny enough, fun fact: Christopher Titus's first movie. Nice, excellent. Really? Yeah, he was the uh, he was the uh, drunken teen with the glasses that told the cops to uh, screw off, and then immediately <laughs> was dead ten minutes later. Yep, yep. He's there for two seconds, and it's like, wait, I know that comedian. Sometimes that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yep, sometimes. So, um, with the core out, um, you now have a new Kickstarter coming out with uh, three new books to add to the game. Yes. While the while the last one was, was going, I was already busy at work starting to expand things because we wanted the the core book to go ahead and get out. And then at the time that we did the core book, I wasn't I was scared of doing spaceship rules, right? Because going online and seeing people that are super into like space combat and, and all that stuff, there are some people that get really, really specific about stuff. But then 
I realized Vascrim is rules light and I shouldn't, we shouldn't try and make the space combat and things like that. Like any other game, we should make it like the rest of it. And so it's yeah. super rules light. It's super easy to, to generate a, a starship. Like say, mm-hmm. you, say a GM wants to have you find a starship. It's just like character creation. You roll for, we. I've added stats for the ships, like maneuver and accuracy uh-huh. and power and things like that. And there are six classes of ships. So if you wanted to just randomly generate a ship, you'd roll a D6 to find out what class it's in, then roll which of the ships it is. And it's just like building a character. So it's it's really fast. It's fun. It has the same flavor as the characters. So all the ships are weird and wacky and strange. And, and the combat is just as easy. And I modeled that um, off of after playing Pirate Borg that, that uh, Luke or Limithron made. Playing that, it was like, after I played that, I was like, wow, I really could do combat because it would be similar to this. There'd be some some differences, but it's it would all, it would all make sense and all kind of fit into the whole Morkborg family anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I like that philosophy, keeping it simple. And, you know, if people want to add expanded rules, then you know, mm-hmm. there's room for that, too. If someone wants to add, like, oh, but you got to keep track of oxygen or whatever these, like, more detailed stuff, they they can add that on top of it instead of trying to make it a huge mess of rules. Yes. Yeah. And that's actually what I was looking forward to when you sent me the press check. It was, I was like, oh, they're doing a ship supplement? Because that seemed to be, like, the first natural progression for Vast Grim, because it's like, yeah, you're going to die. The whole crew can die. The ship can just be the thing that keeps everybody together. <laughs> everybody loves the ship. Everybody wants to be, I shouldn't say everybody wants to be, everybody wants to play a Han Solo, Chewy S type in a space game. I know majority of people want that. They're just like, I want to, I want to have the ship. I want to, I want to be yeah. a space pilot. This sounds amazing. Let's do this. Totally. I mean, I've been in the Millennium Falcon at, at Disney and it just, it feels right. <laughs> So I've done uh, it in many sci-fi games. They're great. <laughs> so I was looking in. So I always said there's three books. The space rule, the spaceship rules book. Look, it also comes with a bunch of new like locations, planets, that sort of thing. So these are they're more flavor locations. There are uh, ones kind of like a gas and sip type place. One's more of like a, a, a repair area where or like a junkyard. So it's got some NPC. It's got flavor on if you're if you need certain parts for your ship or if you need to recharge your power core, that sort of thing. Um, and, and those are just a few page spreads for each of those. Uh, the majority of that book, because each of these books is only going to be 48 pages. Um, yeah. The majority of it is the, the ship classes and then the rules for combat. Um, the other two books uh, one I mentioned earlier, the uh, the the space clowns. Uh, it's all space raiders, so it's uh, uh, new classes, uh, some subclasses based on uh, if you're in one of the factions, uh, and then there's an adventure in there as well that deals with. Uh, it also has a way to a chart to uh, determine what areas of the universe, what what uh, what re- regions different factions currently control in your uh-huh. game, nice. and then uh, the. The third book is uh, is uh, Blood Altered, which is uh, multiple adventures set on K2116B, which is where the mausoleum of they is. Earlier at the very beginning when I was talking about the six opening the mausoleum, that's there. So there's a bunch of like people that worship the worms and want the end of times that just that this is their where they go to pilgrimage and end up dying. So there's adventures set around here, along with uh additional uh weird subclasses that are more of the the evil subclasses and some uh additional creatures and just lots of fun weird stuff to get into nice that's awesome 
So it sounds like you could actually play as one of these people who wants to pilgrimage to the altar if you wanted. Yes. And I've ran games where I've had, I actually, so I've ran a kid's game because, you know, my kids are all, I, I let my kids, they're all into weird stuff. Um, I had my kids and some of their friends and their dad over and nobody <laughs> knew it was the only, it was the first time their kids had played it. My kids had played uh -huh. uh, like early on, but uh, the dad was one of the devout, which is somebody that worships, they worships the worms and, and mm -hmm. the end of times. And they didn't know that's what he was. And they played in this adventure. And at the end of the game, he ended up luring all of them in and everybody got sacrificed except him. Nice. Like that's the joy it. of playing an Android and the alien game. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's really fun. Um, I also saw that uh, the Space Raiders book um, comes with an actual hex crawl adventure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Always. And that's... Uh, it's fun. Like I, I figured out a way to random. It's it's set in a place called the graveyard, which is one of the factions that uh, a group of space raiders controls, and it's a way to randomly generate this area of space with uh, derelict vessels. So nice. you can make it as long or as short of an adventure as you wanted, because now you have the the means to go in and explore these ships, and then but somewhere in the needle in the haystack is like the main goal of the the, the overall storyline. Nice. nice. Because hex crawls are fun, especially in these grinder games like this. That's pretty much what a lot of people love to play. Just be like, let's just make like seven characters and go. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, especially with spaceships. I would love to. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to build a spaceship, and then we're just going to go out into space and see what happens. Exactly. Lots oh. of randomness. You know, as much randomness. When I run games, if I can be just as surprised as the players, it just makes it so much more fun for me and uh, trying to hopefully getting other people to enjoy that style of uh, running games as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was looking, it's really, really neat. I love the patches you guys are doing with the Kickstarter. Those are really oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love the the patch concept and uh, the the idea that we'll we'll try and like we released a couple last year. Mm -hmm. Like we had the convention exclusive patch, and there's one for the Explorers Legion, which is kind of like my Patreon program, but it's just on the Vast Grim site. So, um, uh, but yeah, the the idea that we'll keep putting out patches for each of the books that come out, and maybe like one uh, have ones for people that run games at conventions and things like that to try and try and get more people involved in the community. We have one of the patches that on there that's on there that's not part of the, the actual Kickstarter, but it's on there already is a game jam patch. So that when we launch a game jam this year, people that actually participate and create X number of pages, they'll get a game jam patch for being part of the community. Nice. I do like the little headers you've got. I, I like the uh, I feel like that uh that might have had a little design flaw of like uh well, not design flaw uh, design pro is uh definitely helped those of us with a little adhd in us just be like oh we can organize them and keep them straight yes yeah the, <laughs> the idea that, that yeah exactly i mean mm -hmm. trying to keep it because otherwise especially with i have so many ideas for so many patches it would just be utter chaos yeah just right all over the place like that's when i saw the press jacket you sent us i literally showed my partner that like immediately i was like honey look at this Awesome. That seems like a great idea. It's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out Vast Grim yet and are interested in the Kickstarter, it looks like there's also an add-on for the core book and the uh, GM screen. So you can still get your hands on the original book if you don't have that yet as well. Uh -huh. Yes. 
we're, we know that we're coming to a platform where a lot of people haven't seen us yet. Like even within the Morkboard community, there's a lot of people that don't know Bassroom exists. So trying to uh, trying to make it as accessible and easy as possible for people to to dive in. Uh-huh. So I've been in my free time um, working on designing a uh, game of my own. And, it, it you know, you come to hurdles and stuff. Uh, one question I was curious is like, what do you think has been the biggest hurdle trying to get designed as you're working for the game? Hmm, that is a, that's a very good question. Um, I think like I think at first it was really the 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 space combat only because for me it's all about believing in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything. And not having the confidence at first to do that. I mean, there's so many resources out there. There's so many great games that have been made. Looking what other people have done, pulling bits and pieces of ideas and putting them together. And part of it's also just sitting down and making a, I find making a schedule for yourself to make it happen. Like I get up at 530 every morning because I know there's so many things I want to make. So making sure you give yourself the time to do it. Um, and especially I personally like it in the morning because there's not a lot of other noise at that time. Emails aren't coming through. You ignore that stuff. Try and ignore the social media stuff and, and just focus on creating something for yourself before anything else. You're starting your day off great. Yeah, I like that a lot. I actually had to over the last year or so. I've been slowly deleting all my personal social media just because I found like I was I'd look at one thing and then 20 minutes later, it's like, I don't even know how I got on this page. But um, <laughs> right. I, I did kind of have to drag you kicking and screaming into Twitter. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> But um, be like, it's a good business decision. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I still don't really use it, but I understand. Uh, yeah. But I was going to say, I really liked um, what you said about just having the confidence to do it. I think that's one of the big things I had to come to is telling myself, like, listen, this doesn't have to be everything doesn't have to be perfect at first. You can write things down and then try them out later and then go, oh, wait, that was all bullshit. <laughs> and right. then redo Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I think one of the other things that people get hung up on a lot is revising and revising and revising. Anyone can revise forever. Sometimes you just have to get it out there yeah. and then and then keep moving. Because once you start getting that momentum of, of putting something out, then putting the next thing out and one foot in front of the other, then you're really, then you get your stride. And uh, I find that a lot of people just get, get stuck in their own head with how perfect it has to be before it goes out. But especially as small indie publishers, make it as awesome as you can get get an editor because you should never edit your own stuff. Um, <laughs> but then put it out. You can always come back to it and you can always do a small print run and then do a second, edit, like do a reprint of it where you've changed a couple of words or fixed a couple of things here and there. But uh -huh. it's, it's more important to be out there and have other people playing. Yeah, I like that. Um... I had a friend I was I sent a like the pitch I made I made myself sit down and write a articulate one page this is what this is supposed to be instead of having 30 text documents of ideas and half stories and I was like I'm gonna, uh -huh. and I sent it to him I had a pretty good response but one of the things he said was um far too many apostrophes most people don't know what an apostrophe is anymore <laughs> you have one almost every other sentence I was like yeah <laughs> that's fair just just little things like that you don't even think of it. you just type in a way and then right exactly but i mean all that gets remedied in the in the editing phase yeah. right yeah is there anything else from the press release or about the kickstarter in general you want to touch on it'll be going through february 17th uh, it, it launches January 24th. Um, we have some really fun stretch goals worked in, but who knows if we'll we'll hit those or not. 
I'm very excited to see uh, who all comes out for for it. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to get this thing launched because uh, running Kickstarters can be stressful. <laughs> so it's nice to have it up and done and over. Yeah, I have a question. I'm sure. going to leave a pause in this just in case uh, <laughs> you want this edited out because I'm just curious because sure. uh, it's not on the press junket. But I just wanted to ask because I know it was with the first one. Uh, will you be doing any infinite dice sets with this one? No, there will be not, not be any dice, and I'm happy for that to go into the thing. Um, one of the one of the pieces of this campaign is we wanted to have it have a faster turnaround. Like okay. the one of the uh, books has already gone into editing. The space the space cruisers book is almost about to go to editing, um, mm -hmm. and the um, the space raiders book needs to go to editing. I need to write like two more pages, but. Two of those three books are almost completely laid out with uh, having to adjust things. I want the campaign to be over and to get to press within a month of the campaign being over and get it back to people. And dice manufacturing takes a long time. Oh, yeah. No. I've I've kickstarted several of Infinite Black stuff. I'm aware of yep. how long that can take. Yes. And so, so trying to... Trying to, and and I want more uh, more vast rim stuff coming to market. Like mm -hmm. there's something coming soon uh, mm -hmm. after this that this is not a physical copy, but I got the audio copy today of a of a cassette. There's going to be a limited cassette adventure that where you take the the folded card out. One side's a map, the other side is the adventure. You can Ooh. play the music, and it's like the background music or digital download files for those of us that don't have. Uh, you know, cassette decks from the 80s and 90s. Nice. I have I have a little bit of a tape collection behind me. I love awesome. cassette tapes. My old band put everything out on tape with a download code. Awesome, I yes. I always find it funny how we've gone from like cassette players and VHSs being the dirt cheapest thing you could find in the flea market to being like, this thing's worth $100 now. And I'm like, what? Yep. Oh. I just got a boom box for Christmas so that I could put, because I, I got this 1996 van so that I could make it a Grim Mobile to take to yeah. conventions. I have and it had a tape deck in it. And so the tape deck, I was like, well, okay, it's got a tape deck. I need to make a tape adventure. And so that's what brought that along. Nice. 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 Yeah, I do a lot of uh, like glitch art, VHS tape editing uh -huh. and stuff. Yeah. Um, the VHS, uh, just the VHS player market right now is a little crazy. They're really? about that's interesting. About three fifty, three fifty starting just for a VHS player now, VCR. Wow. Okay, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He told me that, and I was like, "What the?" F I remember you could just walk into a store and just be like, five bucks, give me." Right. I'm sure, like the I'm sure the thrift stores near me probably still have a bunch of them. Oh yeah. Uh, I con I contacted a bunch of my um, elder relatives. I was like, "Hey, you happen to have a VCR sitting around and you don't need any more?" <laughs> did Did you land any? Uh, I think I did. I think I did. That's so Fantastic. be able to get back to editing soon. Uh, this episode does come out the day before the Kickstarter goes live. Um, are there any uh, stretch goals you might uh, want to hint at? Oh, sure. Well, you know, since this is coming out the day before it goes live, if you back it in the first 48 hours, you get a exclusive Kickstarter Vastrim patch that will start okay. your mission patch collection off just great. Um, some of the stretch goals are, are going to be digital stretch goals where I've got some generators in mind to make it faster and easier to get certain things made and be able to play quickly. Um, mm -hmm. We may have some guest adventures in the plans and uh, trying to think of 
There, there's also, depending on how far we get, I've got other things that I've already started writing. So there could be there could be more content because since this is a content heavy campaign, I think yeah. we can give more the the better. Yeah, awesome. I love I love the the generator idea. Any any time I can get some just like random tables made for me, that's my favorite. I love the click of the button and just boom. Okay, you have what you need. Uh-huh. I do like the new trend nowadays of like uh, role playing companies having like functional websites that you can just easily make characters on and just boom. Right. I don't know shit about this game. Click. I mean, you want people in and playing as fast as possible, right? Yeah. You don't need somebody reading the whole rule book. Get in and have a good experience and then go back and spend time enjoying the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, uh, one thing I wanted to ask about, you had mentioned that you have the uh, Explorers League, which is kind of like your uh, Patreon-style group. Uh, I was looking at your website. It says it looks like you put out new content. So is that like new adventures or? Yeah, so uh, it kind of depends on what I'm feeling like working on each month, right? So this is stuff I work on uh, outside of normal Vascrim stuff. Like for December, it was very Krampus movie-influenced. I made like a weird space Krampus. There was like a gingerbread cookie monster. There was a weird jack-in-the-box type monster. And there was like this <laughs> magical artifact that kind of trapped you inside of essentially like a space type snow globe. We're kind of like in, in the Krampus movie. So it was like sometimes I do stuff that will never get published anywhere. But it's just fun and stuff that you can work into your your games and your adventures. So yeah, because you know it's based on another property. You can't eh. right. You gotta exactly. You're like, no, I'm giving this away for free. This is just fan weird content. Just have fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that we have, I have different tiers for that. Um, from getting just the the classes or creatures or NPCs to getting a location to also getting the VTT stuff to also then getting to be in a game. I run a game, I'm trying to do it every other month where I invite people of those those tiers and be like, hey, can you play this night, this time? And we come and we play and I have regulars that you know now I'm getting to know as their, their friends and they sometimes play the same characters, sometimes they don't, so it's good. Uh-huh. That's really cool. I like that uh, like continued update style. And one of the best thing, one of my favorite things about this because I put it on our own website, uh, is that once you are in there, once you are, once you're logged in, even if you don't have all of the PDFs that were part of it, um, you do have access to the online uh, dashboard where you can, there's like a drop down menu for creatures and all the creatures that have been published and all the ones that have not been published, you click on it and it has all their stats and all that stuff. So if you're running a game, and you had this up in the background, like on a, on a screen, if you were doing it digitally, you can easily search for creatures, NPCs, locations, and be able to have all that content at your fingertips. That's really helpful. Yeah, very much. I don't sell that aspect of enough because um, I just don't think about it. But I've used it a number of times when I've run games. I'm like, oh, let me see, where's where's this, uh, where's the Astro Zombie? And just start typing it in and click it, and then there's all the information. The party has decided to fuck around, and they are about to find out swiftly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Always good. It's definitely good when you can go, you're doing what? What now? Okay, yeah. I love when the talking goes long. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, just like, instead of just being like, give me a second, I need to flip through some pages and get to just be like, all right, now this is coming at you. What? 
Yeah, no. Yep, These are the consequences of your <laughs> actions. The worst two things a DM can do are double check with you to make sure you said what you wanted to do, <laughs> or just immediately start flipping through a book. Mm -hmm. Those are the two being like, roll a D8, let me know what you get, or roll a D12, and just <laughs> out of nowhere, because that always sets people a, a, a little bit uneasy. Uh huh. I, um, I love that the, uh, I mean, Parlance has had uh, John Cena's, are you sure about that? come back into the phrase and i love nice. when i run um for when i run 7c for my new players i just give everybody common sense just look at me and go you probably don't want to do that that's probably a really really fucking bad idea you yep. are in you're in fantasy germany now and you know monsters are exist and they're at they're out at night the locals told you not to go outside for a fucking reason nice but you can keep doing it if you want they're not going to stop you no they don't care if you die yeah they're just going to be like oh look bar's back good <laughs> I think one of my favorites I picked up from one of our other hosts, uh, John, is whenever you have someone roll, uh, like sneak check or anything like that, just you think you're being really quiet. You're right. <laughs> no matter what they roll, just like, yeah, you think you're being really quiet. You're a bastard, be confident in what man. you do. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <sighs> I have noticed that parlance, and it's very good. It's very good. Just you. You're pretty sure you're okay. Not 100%, but you should be. Pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is going to go live on the 24th uh, at 8 a.m. Central Time. Uh, we'll post links and all that to there. But uh, where else can people find you online? Um, so you can find stuff at vastgrim.com. There's two M's in the Grim. Uh, you can find me personally at, if you're on Twitter, at the Brian Colon. Uh, that's one L C O L I N and Brian with an I because the wise are evil. Um, that's probably the, and also Vast Grimm has a Twitter, um, though it's not super, we don't have a lot of followers and that's me as well, pretending to be some, pr pretending to be the monsters. Um, <laughs> yeah, th those are probably the best places to track me down. And uh, if you want everything Vast Grimm, you can go to linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Vast Grimm. Excellent. Well, Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thank yeah, you both for good having you. Yeah, it's good to get to hang out. And it's a uh, uh, thank you for for bearing with the the previous campaign and for being totally in, being into it, James. I, I really appreciate it. That again, that was not your fault. <laughs> yes, this, this will be easy. I, well, uh, yeah, thanks again. Uh, if you like what we've been talking about, uh, you can check out vastgrim.com and we'll have a link for the Kickstarter where you can get all these cool books, patches and whatnot on there. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Have a good evening. Thank you.